This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. Sometimes I like to delay reporting on or following up on a story because more details emerge and I can give you the most complete picture of a story possible. And when that happens, when a story like that breaks out, you can often tell ahead of time that there's more to it than what's being said initially. And I have a story like that for you today in the form of an update on the sad and infuriating case of Bishop Fernandez of Puerto Rico, a bishop who was unceremoniously removed from his diocese by Francis for what had at the time been mysterious reasons, but we found out what they were recently. And now we have more details that shed light on the situation. So as we explore the story together, I ask that you pray for Bishop Fernandez, for his flock who don't have a shepherd of his caliber to defend them anymore, and for the interior conversion of Francis and his hirelings, because hirelings are really at the center of the story today. Let's get into it. But first, as we often like to do, we'll check in with Paca, Papa Francis himself, who had this wise saying to impart on the faithful, quote, the Christianity that seeks the Lord among the ruins of the past and encloses him in the tomb of habit is a Christianity without Easter, end quote. Now, what does he mean by the tomb of habit? Religious traditions are often described as habits. Things really only become traditions when they're done habitually, when they're continuously repeated over the course of time in the same way and often at the same times of year. Sacred tradition is the ultimate manifestation in the faith of this, and sacred tradition is one of the legs of the faith. To even suggest that people clinging to tradition are seeking the Lord in the ruins of a dead past is essentially denying the resurrection. That's what he's kind of doing here. And it's incomprehensibly wicked, which is what it looks like he's saying. But then again, what do we expect from the man who sacks good bishops and targets priestly fraternities and religious and the rest with real zeal and gusto? Our story today is a reflection of this attitude. It casts a sharp light onto the thinking of Francis and shows us just how he operates. I have three stories with three headlines and three pull quotes for you that when taken in context would point us to what is really going on. Do you remember Bishop Fernandez of Puerto Rico? About a month ago, I had the sad duty of informing you of his being summarily dismissed from his post in Puerto Rico, removed because he wouldn't sign an immoral declaration that the rest of his bishops of the country that he lives in had signed, nor would he go along with their decrees against the traditional Latin mass. There was a le left a lot unknown about why he was removed. Now we have the details that made this picture clearer. So let's start here. Headline from The Pillar. Deposed Puerto Rico bishop pushed back ahead of removal. Bishop Fernandez was seen as a troublemaker by his brother bishops in Puerto Rico because he resisted modernism and the call of Francis to align the church with the world during the rather rough years of 2020 and 2021, as well as not being part of their big anti-tradition movement. But Bishop Fernandez attempted to do the right thing. He attempted to work with his brother bishops to work out a solution, to smooth their relationship over. That effort came to nothing but sorrow, unfortunately. From the Pillar article, quote, There has been speculation in the Arecibo Diocese that a decision to remove Fernandez was made after Cardinal Blaise Supich, a member of the Congregation for Bishops, had a meal with the bishop in late October 2021, while Supich was visiting Puerto Rico on a hurricane relief trip with Catholic Extension. According to sources close to Fernandez, Arecibo's diocesan administrator 
Bishop Alvaro Corrado del Rio, S.J., told the Arecibo Presbyterate during a March 15th meeting that Supich had been involved in the decision. The Cardinal's October meeting with Fernandez was kind of an official apostolic visitation to the diocese. Corrado reportedly told the priest of the diocese, but Corrado has reportedly retracted that statement, according to sources close to Fernandez and the diocese. And it's not clear that Supich actually was involved in the process. While the Cardinal revisited Puerto Rico in late October 2021, Fernandez was first asked to resign from the diocese weeks before that on October 1st, 2021. The Archdiocese of Chicago has not yet responded to a request for comment about whether Supich met with Fernandez and about the nature of that meeting, end quote. In the U.S., Supich is the voice of Francis among the bishops. When Supich speaks, you're hearing the voice of Francis. That's what the bishops are meant to hear anyway at least on matters relevant to Francis. It is no surprise at all that Supich was sent to Arecibo to deal with the bishop who actually has the faith, to prod him into voluntarily leaving his post. You cannot have a single lone bishop who is Catholic in a nest of modernist vipers and expect anything good to come of it. Supich's role in this isn't surprising when one looks at his own diocese and the number of Orthodox priests he has pushed to the margins and forced out of their positions because they oppose the uh, <clears throat> James Martin topic or oppose the overall push for hypermodernism. He's been a good foot soldier for Francis, and it isn't surprising at all that he was used for this purpose. We know that Supich was involved because four priests in Puerto Rico anonymously informed the Catholic News Agency about his involvement. From that outlet, we get this headline. Priests say they were told Cardinal Supich made apostolic visit before Puerto Rican bishop's removal. This is especially noteworthy because of the fear of reprisal these bishops, or rather priests, face for speaking, which is why they've remained anonymous. Maybe they're familiar with the story of Father Kalchik in Chicago and what he faced for simply defending what the church has always taught about the uh, Pastor Jimmy Martin issue. From the story, quote, The four priests spoke to ACI Prenza, CNA's Spanish-language sister news agency, on condition of anonymity for fear of reprisal. The Archdiocese of Chicago did not respond to ACI Prenza's request for comment. The priest told the news agency that days after Torres' dismissal, they were summoned with other clergy of the diocese to a meeting with Arecibo's apostolic administrator, Bishop Emeritus Alvaro, Alvaro Corrada del Rio of Mayaguez. Question about what some saw as Torres Fernandez's unjust dismissal, the Jesuit Bishop Emeritus told the assembled priests and deacons that the Vatican secretly had sent Supich to the diocese as an apostolic visitor to investigate Torres Fernandez at the end of October last year, the four priests told ACI Prenza. One of the priests interviewed by ACI Prenza said that Corrada del Rio remarked that, quote, Cardinal Supich came and he came as a person who was going to make his report. He made his report and was here for a few days. Another priest told the news agency that Corrada del Rio com commented on Torres Fernandez and how he had not revealed everything he knew about his dismissal, quote, because he was aware that there had been an apostolic visitation by Supich. Torres Fernandez, however, told ACI Prenza that he was not aware of any apostolic visitation. I was never informed, nor did I have knowledge of any apostolic visitation to the Diocese of Arecibo or related to the servant, nor did Cardinal Supich indicate anything about it, Torres said. This statement covers not only the recent period, but the entire time of my service to the Diocese of Arecibo as bishop, he added, end quote.
So a few priests knew ahead of time about the apostolic visitation, but Bishop, uh, Bishop Fernandez didn't know at all. Now think about the implications of that for a moment. Cardinal Supich went for, on paper, what were good reasons, to oversee a Catholic relief agency's work after a storm. But he used that humanitarian work as a cover to pay a visit to a bishop and to pressure him to resign, or that's how the story is being reported. And if true, it's pretty wicked. But it's just part of what we come to expect out of Rome, sadly. This is the new, the new springtime in the Church of the New Advent, right? But this action really is part of the larger pattern that we see from Francis. On a totally different topic, but certainly connected to it, we see Sister Jeanine Gramic, the nun in charge of New Way's ministry, telling an Irish outlet that Francis ignored the CDF clarification on the James Martin topic in a familiar-sounding way. From a story called Stolen Lives, we get this, quote, The way he rescinds it is to remove the person who did the damage and put in people who won't do damage in the future. It's all very subtle, Gramic said. We Westerners think of rescinding as, you know, making the blanket statement, oh, that was wrong. But the Pope has to look at people who have a different point of view, she noted. The job of any Pope or Bishop is not to tell the people what is right and what is wrong. The faith must come from the people, end quote. The idea that the faith must come from the people is modernism, and it's the kind of modernism Francis is pushing with his alliances with the secular world and in his synodal process. And bishops who stand in the way of his remaking the church into the image and likeness of his father below must be gotten rid of, cast aside and replaced with good hirelings who will help him build his ape of the church. Besides, Francis doesn't really believe most of that restrained power stuff. By his own work, we can see what it is that he truly believes. He has demonstrated beyond a shadow of a doubt that he believes that the faith of the Catholic peoples can be directed in a way that he sees fit. Hence why he sacks good bishops who want to make sure there is some connection to sacred tradition in his diocese, that his priests will be formed in the faith, or at the very least not formed in hypermodernism by not sending his future priest to a modernist seminary, and that he cares for the physical well-being of his flock by not submitting them to Caesar's questionable solution to our woes of 2020 and 2021 through signing on to some questionable statement made by his brother bishops in solidarity with Francis's own wicked words on that subject. Instead, we get to see what Francis's ideal Catholicism looks like in the person of Supich, Sister Jeanine Gramic, and Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church. And that is why Francis's future for Catholicism, if he has his way, is a very dark future. And he is working to make it a reality, hence why we must not cling to the religious habits of the past, or so he says which he has likened to not having a Catholic faith in the first place, and he has likened it to us denying the resurrection. So what did you think of this story? I ask that you keep Bishop Fernandez Torres in your prayers. I haven't any idea what happens to a bishop when they're forced to resign. Does anyone know what the church does for them to help them meet their basic needs? Are they essentially treated as retired? Let me know in the comments if you know what happens to these bishops, because Bishop Fernandez isn't the only bishop that has had this happen to him. But if you see a pattern of behavior here from Francis yet, have you seen it? Have you noticed it? Were you surprised to see Cardinal Supich acting as Francis's messenger in this story? Are you surprised that the priests in Puerto Rico were scared to talk about this on the record? Let me know in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. And share this video if you can also on social media. That helps a lot as well. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.